It's not every day that we get to be exposed to women that are doing the things that we really, 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 really want to do ourselves. And that is the joy and the journey of this podcast is to really make you believe that you can succeed in home and business, not only to give you the tools to do it by providing really straightforward systems, but also to give you the inspiration and the literal vision and belief that this isn't just possible for somebody like me and maybe some other random somebody, somebody, it's literally possible for you. And it's been possible and continues to happen for so many other women. So today I'm bringing on an incredible guest, a woman that lives in Australia. Like this succeeding at home and business doesn't know any certain demographic or any specific location on the globe. It's literally open to anyone And these are the threads that tie us together as women, as moms, as wives, as business owners. We have the same dreams and we have the same struggles. And so today you're going to get to hear about a woman that runs four businesses, has three kids, living in Australia and really making her dreams come true. What this looked like when she was young and how this got really implanted into her brain, how she's gotten rid of this hustle mentality, and how she's been able to craft her own journey in succeeding in home and business. I really, truly hope that you dive in and enjoy today's episode. Systemize your life with Chelsea Joe. That's me. And this is a podcast for modern women who are eager to live with more meaning and less overwhelm. We're about to tap into some fiercely meaningful relationships, bang in organization and time management strategies, and a rock solid plan for our personal well-being with functional systems to those problems we all go through. Girl, if you feel like you're watching life go by from a window on the hot mess express, then it's time to roll up your sleeves Dig in and get your life out of the chaos and into confidence. Hey, you guys, I am super excited to be able to bring a really awesome story to you and another woman that knows the joys and the struggles that we go through on a regular basis trying to succeed in both home and business. Stacey, welcome so much to the Systemize Your Life podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It's such a joy to be able to share my story and to be able to talk about things that I love, that that really weird um, push and pull that happens between home life and business life and mums wearing lots of different hats. So I'm mm-hmm. so stoked to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Why don't you tell us a little bit about where you're from and what are the, what are the big, what I like to call pillars in your life, right? What are the big main things that you juggle on a regular basis? So I'm the owner of four businesses and the mom of three. So I have a lot of things going on at any given time and I'm here in Australia and you can probably tell that from my accent already, (laughs) but um, I'm in the future. I'm living in the future. Today is, um, Today is already the next day for you guys. So it's nice <laughs> to be on this side of the world and, and you know, trying to do exactly what everybody who is listening is doing, trying to get up every morning, be the best mum that I can be, be a great leader for my team. I have, um, you know, over 15 staff across all of the businesses and, you know, trying to 
to make an impact with my life and and leave the world a better place. Yeah, which is just so crazy for so many people that hear that when you say, oh, I have four businesses, it's like, where and when does that even happen? You know, um, because for me at the beginning of this whole journey for me to even begin the, the conversation of how to succeed in home and business, I worked outside of the home. I was a sign language interpreter for uh, 15 years before I started working from home and created this business. And so I just never understood how it would ever even be possible. And I didn't even think that it should be possible. Honestly, I, I struggled with that for so long and I love to know what was your upbringing like? Like, what did you see women doing around you growing up? And has that been hard for you? Has that been something that you've had to work through as you've become a full-blown mom and a full-blown business over four times over? Absolutely. And you know, I don't think, I think when I was growing up, the word entrepreneurship had kind of like a, a dodgy take on it. It was kind of about, you know, those, those big millionaire investors that would, you know, take companies and split them apart and, you know, sack a hundred people. And it just didn't have a nice kind of vibe. So it wasn't something that I ever pursued. Um, I grew up dancing. Dancing was my hobby. It was the thing that I did after school. And it was the thing that I did that I loved. My ballet teacher and the owner of my studio was my absolute role model and absolute Mm. everything. Um, She gave me the tools in the dance studio to be able to, you know, pick myself up, dust myself off, you know, make mistakes and fall down and get back up again. And that resilience was really built for me in the studio. But more than that, she was a role model to me of a a, a working mum who seemed to have it all, who was, you know, busy and thriving in her business, but also had two kids at home that, um, you know, we saw quite often in the dance studio, they would pop downstairs on their way to school and she'd put their sunscreen on them and give them a kiss and hug and send them out the door. Um, And, you know, that was, that was the picture that was painted for me. And whilst it was incredibly inspiring and I, you know, accredit so much of, of what I do now to that upbringing and, and that role modeling, there was a side of, of, and her name is Miss Francesca, I was going to say Miss Francesca's business, that was all about being busy and was all about really, um, I saw her stressed a lot. I saw her really kind of pushed to the limit all the time. And that for me painted the picture of success. I thought that that's what success had to Mm. be. The the more stressed I would be, the more successful I would be. I thought that they, they came hand in hand. And so really in my early twenties, when I, you know, started my own business, I really took that on and really thought that that was the way it had to be and really pushed myself to try and take on more things, more things, more things to get to that point where I would be as stressed as I could see Miss Francesca was when she was younger. And then that will mean that I have made it. And really, I had like a bit of a, an awakening when I had my daughter. In, <laughs> Don't we all? Like, yeah, right. Like, hang on a second. Is this actually what I want? Is this what I think I should be doing or actually what I want to do? And I tell you what, the, the moment that I kind of released that and gave into that notion of, you know, my own version of success, which looked, 
you know, nothing like Miss Francesca's version of success. It, it wasn't about being stressed. It wasn't about being busy. It was about being able to serve others in a way that lifted them up. The, the same way Miss Francesca had lifted me up in the dance studio, it was about lifting others up, um, but it wasn't at my own detriment and it wasn't at, you know, at the, my daughter's de- detriment either. It was being able to, for me, find time to be able to, to love her and nurture her and also find time to love and nurture my business as well. And at the end of the day, go to bed with a smile on my face. I think for Mm -hmm. a lot of those years growing up, Miss Francesca, you know, would fall into bed exhausted and that I decided was not what I wanted for my life. So those role role models growing up have, you know, have a lot to to answer to, don't they? (laughs) When you're growing up around, um, you know, strong, powerful women, you, you take on so much without even realizing it, but it's my daughter's nine now. So that was nine years ago. And since then I've added, you know, three more businesses into the fold, but haven't really added the stress that I thought had to go with that in as well. I seem to have worked really hard. I was going to say, I seem to have just fallen in. No, that's not true. I see I've worked very hard to get that balance between um, being able to nurture the businesses and also nurture my family. And that is, I guess, what we're here to talk about today. Yeah, totally. And, and, you know, I want everybody that's listening to understand, you know, the real, like the real truth is, is what it comes down to and what it actually looks like behind the scenes, because there's for so many women we're inundated with what we see in social platforms. And we see this idea of what it looks like. Right. And it, and it's, it seems so glamorous and it seems so easy. And even, and I'm very aware of this myself when people come into my programs or they listen to the podcast and I'm highlighting all of the great things that we can do and, and how you can succeed in home and business. Cause it's true. That's not a lie, right? We're having this conversation because it's possible, but what I always like to say is that it, it comes with an extraordinary amount of hard work. It's just a different kind of hard work that Miss Francesca was doing. She was doing a completely different kind of hard work. And so it seems yeah. as though you were able to see that kind of from the outside looking in on her and, you know, have been able to step into a different way of working really hard and still have everything that you wanted. And I, I love how you said that, you know, she kind of fell in bed exhausted at the end of the day. The thing that I've always said is like, when you lay your head down on the pillow at the end of the day, you feel like you've actually done it, you know? And I think it's, it's exactly that. So it was so great to hear you say that because that really is like the marker that we all come down to at the end of the day is when the lights are out, the house is still, and you're alone with your thoughts And it's like, Mm -hmm. what was the day like? Did the day run me or did I run the day? Or were we somewhere in between? Or did I not even do today? Did I just not show up? (laughs) You know? So I would love to know what's the number one thing that drives your consistency? How are you actually doing this? Because in order to get rid of all of that hustle of just working constantly, you have to strategically be doing something. And so Mm -hmm. what is that something for you? Well, it's funny that you use the word strategically because that's exactly what it is. It's about planning. Mm -hmm. It's about, you know, really 
being true to yourself and thinking about, okay, what does success look like for me? And I like to think about success in, in three different ways. Like how, how much energy do I have and where do I want to use that energy? Mm-hmm. How much money am I going to need to earn to bring into my life to be able to have the life that, that I want? And where do I want to spend my time? So between time, money and energy, how do I want to live my life? What do I want my life to look like? And I think not just the strategy of planning that for yourself, but planning that for your family is really, really important. And having these discussions with your partner and the person that you're sharing life with is is an absolute game changer. Because for a little while, I think I, I you know, just went all in in my business and didn't think about any of the money that I needed for the family in order to be able to grow the family. And I went all in with my time. I was there, you know, 24 seven, didn't, you know, came home to get changed and shower and then go back to work again. And, you know, in terms of my energy, my husband didn't get any of my energy, my good energy. He got me exhausted me at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And now as a mum of three, you know, I'm very conscious about where I want to spend my energy. I'm very conscious about how much money the businesses need to bring in in order for me to serve the family, in order for me to put money aside for the kids, in order for them to have, you know, the extracurricular activities that they want to have. Mm -hmm. And, and I'm really particular with my time, my business, you know, my business is, I've got two dance studios, which are primarily filled with little girls. And quite often I will, you know, be in the middle of class or not in the middle, but finishing up a class and, and we'll say to them, this has been great. I've had the best time teaching you tonight. And now I'm going to go home and tuck my kids into bed um, because it's, you know, I promised Henry a story tonight. And I say that out loud to them. I don't kind of just pick up my bag and rush out the door because I want them to see that. Yes, I am here for them in the room whilst I'm teaching them and I'm fully committed to them, but then I'm going home because my boys are important to me. And so I'm picking up my bag and I'm going home to read Henry a story and that's what I'm doing. I want them to see that that juggle between my time and my energy and, and my money role modeled for them so that hopefully when they're older and they're feeling all these feelings as well, they can go, oh, okay, right. How, how do I want to do it in the world? How do I want to show up? So it's about, you know, thinking about what you want in terms of those three things and then discussing that with your partner and figuring out a plan of what that actually looks like because you're not going to get everything you want every single day. You know, every single day is not going to be completely stress-free and just, um, you know, cruisy and just everything (laughs) falling into place. That's not how it's going to work. Some days uh, you're going to absolutely be exhausted by the end of the day. Some days you're going to feel quite okay some days everything's going to work in terms of the kids are going to get their shoes on time they're going to get in the car on time they're going to have their bags packed and no matter how organized you can get you can't predict those those tantrums that are going to happen at you know 20 past eight when you're just on your way to get get where you need to be but I think if you think about it if you have a strategy of how you're going to spend your time and your money and your energy and and know that that's not you can have that discussion. You can come up with that plan, but it doesn't have to be forever. You can just do it for, you know, a season, for a couple of weeks, for a couple of months. We'll try it for a year, whatever suits you. And then you can revisit and and go through it again. And, and I've revisited, you know, I revisit all the time. And as your kids grow up, they their needs change as well. Sometimes they need more of you or sometimes they're going okay and you can um, put more time into other things. And I think that's, 
that's a big game changer. Sometimes we get caught in just like, it's like we're on a, a freight train and the train is moving and we just have to go along with it. And we feel like we don't have any control. Once you stop and take a breath and come up with the plan, you give yourself that space to be able to feel more in control of your life and in control of your time and your money and your energy. And then I find that everything else falls into place. Yeah. And that's such a great way to compartmentalize it. You know, it, it falls right in line with everything that we do over here in our house. Um, my brain just works very systematically. And so for me, in order to create that plan or in order to minimize the number of times we're having these one-off situations that are outside of my control, like these external factors that are impacting me, I've systemized a lot of things that gives me the freedom to be able to breathe because I feel like I've pushed the button on the system. And now it's going to roll and I don't have to think about it anymore. Mm -hmm. And that has been probably my biggest coping mechanism, if you will, for trying to make this whole puzzle piece turn out to be some darn picture. And I have no idea, like, I don't know where the box went. I can't even look at what this is supposed to look like. And I'm trying to figure out where all the pieces go. So it's like, okay. And like, this is what I do when I actually put puzzles together. I'm like, give me all the white pieces. Give me all the blue pieces. Give me all the polka dots. Give me all the greens. Give me everything that looks like a face, you know? And so I just start doing that in every capacity in my life. And I can't even like I can't control it at this point. It really can't. And then now it's like what I do. So it's just, but it's, it falls into these time, money and energy. And I love that you're not afraid to talk about money. And I don't know if it was just my, what I call ecosystem growing up, the people I was surrounded by, you know, whether that be in my home or in the schools or in the communities or wherever it, that I was, the partners that I chose, et cetera, the decisions that I made, but I don't feel like it's just me. I feel like so many women sit in this place where they're like, I'm either going to have to hustle and work my bum off to be able to make a little bit of money. They don't understand their worth and they don't really think that their time is worth much. And I think that's what it comes down to is understanding that and what you're teaching to those girls and probably boys too, in your dance studio about what it actually means to be able to pour into them and then wrap that up and close the doors and lock up for the night, turn the lights off and go home and read your kids a story. It's such a beautiful example. So kudos for you for being willing to be open and talk about what that looks like, because that's all I've ever wanted people to understand is that it's okay for you to be a mom and a wife and a keeper mm -hmm. of the house and own a business and have boundaries with what that looks like. And it's okay to say, I want my business to to not just be this cute little thing that I maybe call a craft or a side hustle. I want to own it. And I do want it to be more, and I do want it to make money so we can go to Disneyland so that yes. I can get my nails done. So I can help pay for new carpet and baseboards. Like it's okay to say those things. It's just more than okay. It's actually quite necessary yeah. if you want to live a fulfilled life. And, and I think that there's so much drowning that's happening in a woman's life in her home because she doesn't have that, that other part of her that she knows how to invest in. And so much of this comes from the inability for women to know how to communicate this with their spouses. Mm -hmm. Yes. A yep. huge part of what I focus on inside of my program, the whole back half of it is 
systems for communication with your spouse, systemize your marriage, figure out what in the world you guys need to talk about for your finances, what your budget look like. There should be no having conversations about who gets to spend what, and can I buy this? And what is that? And like these stop wasting your time talking about things that you could sit down and have a conversation on agree to, and then revisit The whole Mm -hmm. conversation of revisiting things is so important. How often do you need to revisit your kids' drawers because they've grown out of their clothes? Like (laughs) we should be revisiting things that we establish because life is constantly evolving and that freight train is going to take you places and you need to keep your head up and take a pulse on where you're at every once in a while. And we, I do this quarterly. We do a big one in our marriage every year and then we do it weekly, monthly, and quarterly, right? Little bits and pieces of check-in on where do we want to spend our time? My husband and I just left brunch and we had the opportunity to sit down and talk about what are we doing with our nighttime routine? Why are we watching Netflix as many nights? Where do we really want to invest our time? And it's these conversations. How does your husband respond to these? Does he understand? Is he a go-getter? Like, is he opposite from you? Talk to these women that are like, my husband goes to his job and comes home and he wants the same turkey and ham and cheese sandwich and <laughs> his lunch every day. And he will never read a self-help book and help me where we can't talk about any of this. What do I do? Like, what's that like for you? Look, I, all I could think of when I, when you were talking was the story about, about my first business and my husband has always been incredibly supportive, which I'm very lucky and blessed to have. But I, I started my dance studio and every time it made any money, I would buy brand new tutus for the kids or brand new sparkly (laughs) costumes. And I loved that. I loved being able to give them a whole new set of costumes and a new routine and put them on stage and feel really great. And it was all wonderful. And my husband was very supportive, very supportive, very supportive, very supportive. And then on the like five year mark of my business, he blew up. And I was like, what, what, what's going on? I've always bought new tutus. Like it just, he had in his mind that most new small businesses take five years to make a profit. And he had not communicated this to me. And I had no idea that he was, you know, ticking over in his mind, um, you know, every day as we headed towards five years and in his head, he thought on the five year mark, he would click his fingers and all this money would appear because the business had survived the first five years of business, which, you know, so many don't. And then I'd get to the five years and then it would suddenly be this cash cow. And he'd never said this to me. And so he had this massive tantrum and we had this big fight and I was like, what is going on? And that was really the start for us in terms of being able to talk about the money that you know, each of us was bringing into the family, how we, he calls it contributing to the family. And I say that, you know, in inverted commas, because it still makes me roll my eyes um, because it was kind of the line that he had a go at me with, like, you're not contributing to the family. Like talk about like straight through the heart. And it was the, you know, it was the, the, the door opening for us essentially. And now we talk all the time about, exactly what is working and what is not working when it comes to our money, how much money my business needs to bring in, how much his business needs to bring in and where we're going to spend that money. And thank goodness that we do. And he hasn't, you know, blown up since because he knows, well, I know actually 
I know how much money I need to bring in to contribute to the family. So then I know how much I have left over to spend on brand new sparkly tutus and things for my students. (laughs) (laughs) But because we hadn't had that discussion, he he really, um, in his brain, he said, every time you buy those kids new tutus, you're taking money away from your kids. And I went, oh, I hadn't thought about it like that. And so we talk about it all the time now. And it's it's never something he's resent. Like he doesn't look at the brand new tutus on stage and, and resent them and resent me. And <laughs> I have the ability to, to go, okay, well then I'm going to need to put my prices up. I'm going to need to, yep. um, you know, teach an extra night and, you know, really think about my expenses in the business in order to make sure the money coming into the family is what it needs to be. And also I have the, the leftover to spend on the sparkly things that I like, but that, that is an ongoing conversation now that, that goes back and forth in terms of what he needs to do and what I need to do. And it changes all the time. We re, we revisit and the kids are getting older and more expensive <laughs> as they grow. So, <laughs> you know, that, that money, that, that amount has changed. And yeah, I think, I think a lot of people just put their head in the sand and, and hope for the best and then, and then find that that resentment builds up. And that's the last thing that I want for my marriage in that, the sacrifices I'm making to make my business successful mean that that my marriage suffers. So I work really hard on making sure that we have really clear expectations mm-hmm. from his point of view and from my point of view so that we, at the end of the day, can, can be supportive of what each other are doing. Yeah, <clears throat> that is a great story, uh, actually. And I feel there's so many things that you can pull out of that. I'm like, taking notes over here, like all the things. I'm like, oh my gosh, what's the most important thing for us to talk about next? I am going to ask you here in a second, what you struggle with most as a wife and a mom juggling your home and your business. But before I go there, I want to really just touch on this conversation and and piggyback on what it is that you just said when it comes to like that that moment when all of a sudden you realize all of the work that you've done for the last five years, your husband was actually just waiting for this moment for you to start. Mm-hmm. And I love how you, what you call quotation marks. I think you called them inverted something. I don't know what that word was that you use, but I love it. It's a different term. <laughs> <It comes. laughs> oh, I love it so much. So, because I think that there's this one thing that we all struggle with across the board, and it's this conversation of guilt. It's these stories that we tell ourselves in our head as women, and then as moms, and then as wives, right? About what am I supposed to be doing? How am Mm -hmm. I supposed to be contributing? What Mm -hmm. are the dishes supposed to look like when my husband comes home? What am I actually supposed to be feeding my kids this week? And when we don't live up to those expectations that we've set in our mind, we begin to project that out into our families and into our businesses. And so the conversation when either you choose to have it, which is the best way to do it, or when you're forced to have it (laughs) because all of a sudden somebody's stuck a dagger in your heart. You're like, Oh no. You know, I think that is just a key moment for everyone to hear and take away is don't be afraid to open up the door to that conversation whenever you're feeling a slight bit of guilt about something, just talk about it. 
open it up and say, because I can imagine over all of those years, and maybe you just felt his support and it never even dawned on you, but I would presume that there were times when you were working endlessly and asking for favors from your husband and support over and over and over and over and over again, the late nights, the extra costumes, all the things, and you weren't financially contributing that you had thoughts and you had wondered, I wonder if this bothers him. I wonder if he cares. I wonder if this is right for our family. And so when we hear those things and we know those things, it's that for me is the way to get rid of the guilt is just the mom guilt is to just open up and have that conversation. So with that, whether it be guilt or, or something different, what is your biggest struggle still, maybe you figured it out, but it's still just a hard, it's like your kryptonite. What is the hard thing for you (laughs) juggling home a business? The lesson that the universe has to keep teaching me and keep teaching me over (laughs) and over again. You know, I think it always comes down to boundaries for me. And some days I'm really good at it and some days I'm not. Like some days I can say I'm going home to read Henry a story and other days the kids will want to talk about, you know, their day at school or I'll need to have a meeting with a, a dance parent or, you know, nobody locked up at the studio so I'm the person emptying the bins and running around and, and doing all of that and then I get home and Henry's asleep and I miss that opportunity. And mm. those things happen and that's, that's okay but they happen less when I'm really firm with my boundaries and really, and really put myself and the things that I have decided for myself, I'm going home at eight o'clock to read Henry a story when I put those things first. And it's so funny. You talk about the guilt because gosh, we like to tell ourselves stories. Like there are, there are so many stories that our brain, our mind can make up Mm -hmm. for us about what that means. And I can get home late and Henry can be asleep. And in the old days, that would mean that I would then go ahead for the next four hours and torture myself about being a terrible mum and not, you know, doing what I said I was going to do. And, you know, how will he ever feel loved? And he'll, you know, grow up forever thinking that I'm like, you know, all those stories that you tell yourself (laughs) that it's, you know, complete rubbish. But I find that the combination of being strong on my boundaries and then being able to cut myself some slack, give myself some grace when things don't go the right way. That's, that's kind of the way that, that I juggle it, but I, I don't get the boundaries thing right all the time. And, you know, full transparency as a mum, I'm not good at playing. I'm not good at <laughs> Neither am I. Lego on the floor. I'm not, I don't enjoy it. I really wish I did because I know that that builds connection and that, sure. you know, that those things are really, really important um, when it comes to, to, to the, the parenting and their growth and development. I know I need to lay on the floor and play Lego more. I know like the puzzles, when you were talking about the, the blue pieces and the white pieces, Henry's obsessed with puzzles at the moment. So we're doing a lot of puzzles. And every time that we do, I really have to work hard at being there doing the puzzle and not wanting to be on my phone or thinking about whether those emails have come back or thinking about the 15 mm-hmm. things on my to-do list. And so I don't want to paint the picture of I get it right every single time and I'm home and I'm reading the story with, you know, the best inflection to Henry. <laughs> and I home and, like I'm, I'm not always, always doing that. I do try hard, but some days I suck at it 
And, yeah. and I know that that's okay as well. Yeah. And I think we all do. And understanding that that truly is what it looks like is the awesome part of being able to sit on a podcast and tell your story, you know, <laughs> it really is. And I love that information can be shared and spread this way. You know, I, I will sit down and I will teach my girls any day of the week. I will involve them and in anything and everything. And I will do a puzzle and I will play a game. I will do anything, but like, and I, I even will play pretend every once in a while, but like, it's just, sometimes it's really, really hard for me. I actually did a podcast episode about this. Like if you don't like to play with your children, how you can do it more. This, this conversation, that topic of that, because there's so many women that, you know, they do, they want to thrive and they want to do all the things. And they also want to be really great moms at the same time. And sometimes it's just like pure drudgery to sit down and like play with little pretend yeah. All the things, <laughs> the things that my children play with are smaller than the size of my pinky nail. I'm like, what, how are we doing this right now? And I remember loving it when I was a girl, you know, I have two girls, so we share a lot of similarities in, in the type of play that they want to do, but neither here nor there. I understand that struggle very much. And I think most women do before we wrap up, I want to hear what your, your last closing little bit of advice, if you will, would be to a mom that just wants to start in this direction, that wants to feel confident in going forward and pursuing home and business. What would you tell her would be the most impactful thing that she could do for herself or even the first thing that she could start doing? My best advice is when you work on yourself, your family thrives and your business thrives. So start with you. And whether that means, you know, taking time for yourself to, to nurture yourself, whether that means, you know, working with somebody else in, in terms of professional development, in terms of personal development, but find a way to get to know yourself better, get to know what works for you and what doesn't work for you get to know how how you work and you know what parts of your your personality can really help you thrive in in different parts of your life because when you start to work on yourself and you know that you're you understand that you're worth it you're worth the time and energy to put into you and to put you first everything else becomes a little bit easier I think we get into that cycle of mum guilt and we get, you know, wrapped up in our business when we feel like we have to deliver to everybody else and we put ourselves last. We feel like that's what we should be doing, but actually it's the opposite of, of how this all works. Unless yep. you unless you are looking after yourself and growing as a person, everything else is not going to come together. So invest in yourself. And that doesn't have to, you don't have to turn around tomorrow and and say, okay, I'm, you know, going to take a big leap and and, and sign a big contract and do things. You could just have a bubble bath tomorrow and just take 20 (laughs) minutes to yourself to just breathe and think and be with, be with yourself. You could take a walk around the block instead of, instead of having your lunch, you know, sitting at your desk, you could pick it up and walk around the block and just take in some fresh air and, 
just little things like that to put yourself first that I think as mums we go, oh, we, I couldn't possibly do that. I've got a you know big to-do list or I've got to get to the store or I've got, to, I've got to, all these things that I need to do. No, do you first, invest in you first. And the more you grow as a person, the more everything else will grow and thrive in your life. And that was a hard lesson for me to learn. But <laughs> now that I have, it's, it, it makes a big difference. Yeah, which is really, really great, sound, foundational advice for all of you listening. And on top of getting to know yourself better, if they want to get to know you better, where can they find you? Beautiful segue. Um, I'm on Instagram at Simply Stacey Morgan. You can find me and all of my programs at simplystacymorgan.com. And I have a, my own podcast called How to Run a Successful Business and Still Have a Life. And you can find <laughs> that on Spotify and Apple Podcasts as well. Awesome. All right. Well, I hope you guys have a great time exploring, getting to know Stacey more. It sounds very much like we are the great pairing of you're focused on, Hey, let's succeed in business and still have a life. And we're over here talking about how to succeed in home and make sure that you can still have a business too. So I am so excited that you are here with us and that you shared all of your great wisdom and just gave all of our listeners the ability to get to know you more. So thanks so much for being here. Oh, I so appreciate you having me. Thank you so much. And thank you everyone for listening. What a joy it was to be able to have you, Stacy, on the show. And to all of you that are listening, I hope you enjoyed having the opportunity to really just be a fly on the wall and take the pulse of someone else that has gone through the same things that you are currently going through or aren't sure that you want to go through or have already been through and feel really validated by their experience or can be given a little bit of hope to know that not only is it possible for you to achieve whatever level of success in home and business that you are really looking for, but that it really is on purpose. It really is for you. You really are supposed to work at something very specific for yourself and for your home and for your marriage and for your kids and for your passion, which whether or not you turn that into a business or not, is really besides the point to me. It's not about the fact that it generates income. And for some of us, it is. For some of us, like me, this is about generating income for my family. That's part of this, right? That's part of the recipe. But for some of you, that might not be. The important part is that you understand that you're not alone and that systems are the answer. (laughs) That really is truly the number one place to start in order for you to be able to succeed in home and business without feeling pulled in all directions. If you want to do your very best work, I suggest that you get on the chelseajoe.co systemize your life bandwagon. And there's a couple different ways you can do that. You can hop over inside of the Facebook group. We have all kinds of free stuff for you on the website. Just go to chelseajoe.co and click on the word free and you'll see we've got a workshop you can watch. We got two workbooks for you. Obviously, this podcast has hundreds of episodes for you to dive into. Anything that you might possibly need, the best way and the fastest way to get an answer is over inside of our Facebook group. So you just type in Systemize Your Life on Facebook and you will find it. Come in there, ask a question, 
literally my team and myself, that is the quickest way to get in touch with us to figure out how to get yourself off the hot mess express and into a life with systems so that you truly do feel like you're doing your very best work in every area of your life. All right, that is all I have for you today. I'm looking forward to meeting you right back here for another episode on the Systemize Your Life podcast.